friends and family It's all about sharing a feast and cheers The new channel. The new channel. Hashtag TNC now. The views, opinions, and insights expressed in the following shows are those of the host, producers, guests, and viewers. They do not necessarily reflect the position of the channel. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the new channel. Our passion transforms a community channel that sees all things new. My name is Jennifer Nuya, live streaming from Cavite, Philippines, and you're watching Stories from the Fringe.
For those who are tuning in for the first time, Stories from the French aims to push for more diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in all aspects of our lives. We are committed to creating a world where individual differences like gender, class, ability, among others, are not only seen and understood, but also celebrated. We can all be a part of this collective vision. In, over, in order to make the most of our time together, we recommend that you turn off all distractions, prepare to take notes, mental in, and just be fully engaged with our guest today, Sean Spence Daughter. Today, I'm happy to welcome Sven, good friend of mine. Sean, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Jennifer, for the warm welcome. As always, um, really looking forward to like going through and just sharing everything we do. So yeah, yeah, and I'm sure our audience, our viewers, wherever they uh, they may be, are also looking forward to listening and learning from you today. So can you please share a brief background about yourself and the work that you do? So I myself, uh, I'm a property developer, inventor, engineer, and coach, and... All right, so I think years. that um, Sean is experiencing some de technical glitches. Ah. So just a brief background about Sean. Sean, as an entrepreneur, a property developer, business builder, inventor, writer, and coach with unique experience across an array of industries and a father of three and has been with his wife for 20 years through all sorts of endeavors and disasters. So they've been together uh, and with his resourcefulness, able to coach what he coaches and he is quietly, um, quietly rarely matched in his coaching program. So Sean? Uh, is that, can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. Um, and yeah, and the, through oh, through through the last several years, uh, we got ourselves to the point where it has been increasingly harder and harder to find the pieces to the puzzles mm -hmm. that we've needed. And so this particular year, we decided to add coaching to what we do and rebuild our positions and go forward that way uh, along with still getting our hands dirty in the property development space um and that's why we and we called it uh nfn coaching because we kelly and i like we refer to normals as those that don't like learning that don't like growing and, and that sort of thing versus uh ourselves and and, and people like your audience that love to learn more though they they put themselves out there and actually try things and they understand that failure is part of the things and those types of things so we call nfn coaching for not for normals so yeah not for normals why is there anything wrong with being normal well normal is just seems to be getting like a much more worse definition over time mm -hmm. uh like we're finding so many people that um there's so many people that we we would say as normal they have books on the shelf but they don't seem to realize that they're open and there's there's information inside them uh kind of thing whereas the ones that are, are less normal actually open the books and read them and that seems to be becoming more and more rare 
So I guess we could have went with rare coaching, but that was, yeah, seems to be overdone. <laughs> okay. Ouch. I felt that because I'm a book hoarder. <laughs> I have a lot of books. I have a mini library at home. But um, some are half read. Some are quarter read. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's right. Because, you, that's because it's okay. you, you've opened them as a star. You, you've discovered words inside them. You're, you're learning from them. And you just means you haven't finished them yet. That's okay. I'm, what I'm talking about is people that have got books on their shelves that they haven't even read the back cover of, let alone open uh -huh. them. Right? Uh, so like, for example, uh, several years ago, we had a, a really successful, uh, cleaning and gardening and, and paving business. And mm -hmm. we had 3000 clients. We had, uh, 16, 17 workers at different times. And we had five, six cars, just like it was really growing really well. And mm -hmm. through having those 3000 clients, most of the time when we were having to like clean their shelves and dust the books and stuff and would ask them, oh, have you, what do you think of this particular book? Most of them hadn't actually read them, hadn't opened them, didn't realize mm -hmm. how they opened or something. Some of them still had plastic like wrapping on them. Like wow. when, they came, when they came as a set, like so the, there's a few of them that came as like a box set. It's like, for example, the Harry Potter uh, series, you know, mm -hmm. they, they had the box set. And they still had the plastic wrapping on him. I was like, well, that's, <laughs> there's always more stuff in the book than what there is in the movie, even, even when it is fiction. Mm. Uh, but when you get to like, uh, some of them had uh, 50 Shades of Grey, had no idea what it was about, right? But they had it on their shelf. Mm -hmm. They had Robert Kiyosaki and uh cash flow quadrant and like his really good books of rich dad mm. poor dad series and they had no idea what they're about they, they were yeah they were just put on the shelf mm -hmm. okay those are the people that had no idea what was in their books what was on their bookshelf those are what we're classing as normals and we found that to be like 85 to 90 percent of the people out of the three thousand we were serving so so I'm looking for the ones like yourself that actually open the book and they discover that there's words in there and they go, wow, more information, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. That. All right. So, so what is normal right now? Are people digesting information or getting their information from TV, right? Yes. From social media, which at times can be misleading, right? Yes. So when we say not for normal or not normal, these are people who really uh, try to digest what's in the book and try to do their own research, think for themselves. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. The ones that can think for themselves. You know, mm -hmm. the, the ones that can realize there's no, there's no value in that information there there's value here and I can apply that directly to my life and improve my life. And if I can apply and improve my life, then I should be able to apply and improve the lives of the ones I love around me. Mm. You know? Um, so I did a session this morning on just the subject of uh, respect and disrespect, you know, where if you show people that you're respecting yourself, then the people around you, your kids, your family, your loved ones are going to start respecting you too because you're showing yourself respect. Whereas if you allow disrespect in, 
then you're you're going to put yourself in some positions where you're going to get disrespected you know mm -hmm. and those types of things being able to understand that you can improve your life with just small increments at a time but you have to know what those increments are and to work out how to find the information to support that so mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't need to be a great leap or a quantum leap just small mm. increments all right just, and it already yeah. adds up right yes um, just small increments over time mm -hmm. and you have a group mapping the mapping the decade so i'm that piqued my interest because some people they make the annual plan some even have the five-year roadmap right and some they can only plan for their new year's resolution so why mapping our decade well my, a lot of people seem to be waiting for new year's eve just to make new year's resolutions um but then you get a global crisis that really reveals that most people hadn't even planned for the week and then they start doing crazy mm -hmm. things like fighting over toilet paper in the shops uh you know that shows a real lack of planning mm -hmm. uh out there in the world whereas i've gone I've, I've tried so many different courses i've i've had many different mentors and coaches um and i've found so many of them only give you um basically their catchphrase like instant abs in 20 days um okay I've got someone trying to invade the camera in the background. And, yeah, sorry. Uh, um, so for so many people are doing like abs in 20 days uh, and things and stuff like lose, lose 400 pounds in a week and stuff, which we all know is going to be a catastrophe, you know, mm -hmm. make a million dollars this month. And you mm -hmm. know that when you know that 99.9% .9 of all cross lotto type winners have lost their money, doesn't matter what amount they get it really doesn't make sense to keep doing what everyone else is doing and promoting short-term fixes. Mm -hmm. you know? there, there's even a case in the US where a guy has won over $100 million US twice mm -hmm. and has gone broke twice and is living out of a caravan, you know, which basically means he didn't learn anything from the first experience. And it also shows that there is a lot more to holding on to wealth than just getting it and that's where mm -hmm. i come in i i help people plan for the long term uh i've been at the the 250 million 50 million and those types of points and i've worked out what went wrong because they went wrong um and so i've worked out what the ingredients were missing and are able to sustain those parts now so you need health, wealth, and relationships all being built sustainably, just incrementally over time, progressively to maintain a level of wealth that you aim for. So, mm -hmm. for example, if you get, so mapping our decade, the, the baseline is to try and get as many people as possible. I'm aiming for 3,000 people to get to a $3 million US uh, currency uh type lifestyle home and 10 million dollars liquid type cash equivalent okay that type of position not set in stone but that type of position i'm trying to help people aim for but help mm -hmm. them build the health and the 
the relationships and the social network and the structure to actually maintain that. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have the health, then there's not much point being rich if you're stuck in a wheelchair and you're 600 pounds. Uh, you can't enjoy that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, at that particular size, you can afford your own forklift, but that's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> that's not a very good way to get around. You're better off actually getting your health working with you to get to that point. And if you're going to get your health and your wealth in order, then why not build your relationship skills so you have someone to enjoy these things with? So Kelly and I have been through ups and downs of all sorts of catastrophes over the last 20 years that we've been together and have built a really great relationship where we don't have arguments. We haven't had arguments in like 18, 19 years. We have really good discussions when we have something we need to talk about, right? And those quality of relationships extend into our business network, our professional network and other areas of our life. So when particular issues come up, we can lay everything out on the line and sit. If it takes three days to have a conversation about a topic, then it takes three days to have a conversation about that topic, but we do it until it's resolved. Right. And by that means that as we build our wealth back to the places that we're wanting to get to and are aiming for way above those marks, then we're going to be able to share the experience of that. You know, we're going to have like great holiday plans. We're focusing on making it so that we are helping each other be accountable to each other for health, you know, and our other decisions and making sure that we respect ourselves. Okay, well, so we're going across the board to make it so that we incrementally, progressively increase the quality of our health, wealth, and relationships together so that when our kids and our grandkids and they, they want to see us as they grow older. So Kelly and I have made the agreement that we don't want to be put in a nursing home, sitting in a bed, waiting for their sense of family obligation to mm. kick in and visit us in the nursing home, wondering whether or not they're going to unplug our life support machine to plug in and charge their phone. We don't want to have to worry about that type of thing, right? We'd much prefer to be like really healthy and vibrant and fun mm. where our, our kids could be 70 year, years old and we're in our late 80s or, or older or even when we're 100 and they're calling us up and say, you know, mum, dad, grand, grandpa, you know, where are you guys? We want to go jet skiing with you or skydiving or something like that. I'd much prefer that. And so would Kelly. And I'm pretty sure our kids and grandkids would appreciate the fun times too. You know, they're not going to be bored. They're not going to be visiting decaying relatives in a nursing home. They're going to be mm -hmm. visiting people that are actually still having fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And if we can show that, then our kids are going to have an even better chance of achieving that as well. And their grandkids. Mm -hmm. I imagine you, Sean, jet skiing at 70 or skydiving at 80. Who's going to stop you, right? <laughs> That's exactly right, you know. Um, it just means as I get to that age, if I have wrinkles, it's just going to help me be like you know, more aerodynamic. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's going to add to the, uh, you know, the squirrel suits. I love to do that, you know. Mm. 
be, be 105 and skydiving and doing those squirrel suit things and stuff through the mountains. Wow, that would be a record, 105 yeah. skydiving. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So you're a rare breed, Sean. Like you've mentioned that you and Kelly, if it needs three days to talk about something, discuss something, you're willing to do it because I know that some men... Um, I won't pretend that I know men that much, all right? <laughs> but I well, know some I, men. That, 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 that's yeah. my fault. I did say I was going to try to find you a guy and have him wrapped up and sent to your Christmas tree, but I couldn't find a decent one. one good enough in time. Uh, so, you know, that's partly me, partly me to blame. Um, but, like, I've always gone into the idea of relationships that I'm not, I'm not choosing a partner, even before Kelly, Right. Uh, I was never choosing a partner to have someone to fight with all my life. I wondered, mm. I was choosing a partner to build something more than me together mm. and mm. share in that. And I realized very early on that so many people really uh, haven't really been taught very much, many good skills in relationships. So I had to piece it together from here to here to here. Uh, but by the time that I met Kelly, I had all these plans of what I wanted to do in my future. I was choosing to take a breather and say, look, I would like to choose yourself to build these things with, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd gotten to the point where it was no longer a need or a want. I was just like choosing because I loved the idea, you know, uh, but I could just as easily do all these things and stuff or build these projects myself. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, I needed to work out before I met Kelly as to, well, how do I have discussions? How do I actually uh, work out, you know, what is what? You know, how, how do women respond? And quite funnily enough, um, when I <laughs> – I find it quite funny that I – when I started learning about women and wanting a relationship with them and I, I learned all this stuff about romance, right? And Kelly is just like the least romantic person in the world. But ironically, over time of all the ups and downs we've done and gone through, we've somehow built the most romantic story I've ever heard of. So I find the universe has a very big sense of humour in these things. Mm. Maybe you were the the romantic type and you rubbed it off on her. Very, very possible. But, uh, you know, she still doesn't buy me flowers, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I bought her flowers. (laughs) So if it it really did rub off, I'm pretty sure flowers are around the corner for me. (laughs) All right. That's wonderful that you've said you needed to work on yourself first before finding a partner because... um, yeah, I think that some people, no, not some people, all of us actually, we have our own trauma, right? Mm-hmm. There are small and big trauma. And sometimes um, we still have the unhealed wounds and we try to heal it by finding someone who f- we feel or we think will help us heal. But in fact, um, we are trying to fill our cup and they are, by filling our cup, they are going to empty their cup into us. And that is not a very good dynamic to start with. And mm-hmm. some some children 
that trauma, I believe, there is a biblical principle about this, right? But we will not go to that. But it says there that um, from my understanding is if you don't get healed, you have not done the work on yourself and you build a family, unwittingly, you will create that same trauma or childhood wound in your children. So it perpetuates mm. a cycle. So that's... Yes. What, what, I've, what, what I've actually discovered on this is that, yes, we all have our traumas and we need to heal these things because otherwise if we don't, then we trauma bond with the next person and then we'll repeat these patterns. And that's where mm. people can get hurt and everything. Um, but what I've discovered is uh, that if you go back at least two generations so our, our, our grandparents' generation, right, before that era and before was a lot of attachment-based relationships, okay? Mm -hmm. And these attachment-based relationships were kind of enforced by peer pressure, by tradition, by law, by church, by like different churches and, and workplaces. They all instilled this peer pressure of you've got to get married, you've got to then have children, then you have uh, uh, you, whatever and stuff. But it was very attachment-based. And this is what you'll see is at that generation, uh, as a health as our health uh, improved as a species due to the mm -hmm. uh, advances we made in some things, um, their lifespan increased. So we could actually watch this. So before, before they were our grandparents' generation, we couldn't really watch it because they kind of expired at 45, 50, mm -hmm. right? But then all of a sudden they're expiring, they're 75, 80, 90, and we get to see something very fascinating, sad but fascinating, where mm -hmm. one of the grandparents would pass away and the other would not know what they're doing with them, like what to do with themselves, or they'd pass away shortly after. Yeah. Okay. Such was their attachment bond. So in my grandmother's case on my dad's side, once my grandfather passed away on his side, my grandmother basically stopped doing anything for 30 years. And basically it was just a slow watch of her deterioration very sad she got grumpier and ups more and more upset as she got older but she didn't really know what to do with herself because because her whole thing was to serve another right then the 50s then the 50s and 60s and 70s happened so the generation mm -hmm. of our parents where the generation of our parents has gone we don't like the old traditional values we don't like the old peer pressure and we don't like this uh, instituted thing of push 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 into marriage children and house legacy that sort of stuff we're just going to like take all the rules away start again but when they did that they didn't have a plan as to how to do that mm -hmm. so every one of their children including yourself myself our siblings we're all practice kids right mm -hmm. So we well, you know, we, we pretty much are. But by the time we get to this age, our thirties, our forties, and in your case of twenty-one, of course, um, uh, you get to our age, and we realize, hold on, it's not actually their fault. They did not know better than their mm -hmm. best. So our grandparents' generation before were doing the best that they can. The generation of our parents were doing the best that they could. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's up to us to recognize, hold on, neither of those systems work. We have mm -hmm. to work this stuff out ourselves. We had to take full responsibility for everything. 
mm-hmm. not an unhealthy way, but in a self-care way of going, okay, how am I causing this situation and, you know, so that I can fix it? And we, mm. have to come, we have to come at these types of problems with the idea of, thank God it's my fault because if it's my fault, I can fix it. If it's someone else doing it to me, then it's not, I can't fix it. Mm. You know, we need to look at things in that way so that we can do it in a self-care way, not in an arrogant or narcissistic or abusive way. Okay, mm. and there's so many different things we had to learn to get to this point, <laughs> you know. Um and so, and that's what's happened. So our grandparents before that uh, had all these systems of peer pressure, but mm. then the next generation came around and scrapped all the rules and started from scratch, but didn't have a plan of what to do. And then we've come along and contrasted, okay, what works and what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know? And now it's up to us to do this for ourselves, but also for future generations. In the meantime, this has happened so widespread across three different generations that there's so much confusion out there that a lot of social structures are deteriorating and there's a lot more trauma bonding happening where people get in traps of repeating toxic relationships and having all sorts of anxieties and, uh, and, self, and things like that. And those things need to be healed as well. But the friendships along the way have kind of deteriorated in value over time, which is why the coaching industry seems to have exploded, (laughs) right? But the the coaching industry also needs to work on itself too. Mm -hmm. So that they are starting, that they need to start promoting more longer term programs rather than just getting people trapped into a 20-day program or a 10-day program or whatever it is they do Mm -hmm. so to fix that problem i started mapping our decade and started doing things along those lines because i need to show people that the instant results of going straight up does not work because usually when you get straight up there without having to learn everything you need to learn you come crashing back down Mm -hmm. if you can go up 10 percent if you can go up um, so a lot, a lot of a lot of people, right? They they aim for that to to grow, health, wealth, and relationships, and it's too quick because well, you come crashing down, right? But if you do just like incremental growth then you can go up and you can come in a little bit, go up a little bit, and you can just continue growing uh, rather than having these big excesses of um, non-sustainable position. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like when Kelly and I have gone up to particular points, if we didn't work on our health and relationship enough, then we'll come crashing back down, Mm -hmm. right? But if we worked on all three, it would stay at a decent height. Right, you would maintain. So this is why I really promote the idea of working on all three, right? And that includes working on the relationship with ourselves. Because if we work on the relationship with ourselves as much as we work on the relationship with others, then we are able to also attract better quality people to network with, better people to be clients of, and uh, and that type of thing. So it, it all just fits really nicely, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and like I said earlier, 
Uh, what what's the point of having like ten million dollars if you if you're too sick to enjoy it? You know. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas mm. I, I mean, some of the coaches out there and stuff. What uh, one of them tried to talk me into their workout program, and they still had burgers and like cheeseburgers as part of their nutrition plan. I was like, oh my god. Really? How- yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, how are they still functioning as a health coach? And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and uh, it's just there's too much. Whereas I go on the idea of let's bring it all back to basics, right? Mm-hmm. 90% vegetables, 5% fruit, 5% meat spread across the week, mm-hmm. right? It gets it, well. People need to know that there is thousands of different ways to make that variety work, mm. you know, and that it doesn't have to be boring. But and that also, if it has a label on it, it's pretty much probably not good for you because if it has a label, then it's usually got preservatives in it. And people also need to know that preservatives are not put in the food for us. No. You know, they're, they're put on the food to make it look prettier on the shelf for longer, you know. And when we realize, hold on, it's not even put on the shelf for us. And then we need to realize the next level to that. Well, mm. hold on. Our stomach digests food. Well, what does that mean? Well, our stomach rots food. A preservative prevents rot, which means if you've been eating food with preservatives, you're not getting any of the nutrients. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting the nutrients, then you can't think, you yeah. can't feel, and you won't be able to you won't be able to perform at your best. Mm-hmm. So, and it just it just makes so much sense to like plan for decade per decade rather than a month at a time, a year at a time, and, and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. okay, so um, hold on to that thought. Mapping our decade. When we return, we will talk more about it after this short break from our sponsors. Thank you. Thank you, Sean.
The new channel is an online alternative media platform for online shows for people on the go. Please watch all our shows as soon on screen. Imagine having your own show, your own playlist, your own content, but we make it easier for you. TNC aims to transform the lives of our viewers through engaging authentic and original content. Our channel is a responsible global 24-7 platform that showcases Filipino talent, global influencers, cultural intelligence, and ingenuity. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your Thursday mornings with us. Thank you for tuning in to Stories from the Fringe, live streamed every Thursday, 10.30 a.m. Philippine Standard Time. You can watch us live or on replay via Facebook or YouTube. Follow us on IG, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search hashtag TNC now. For sponsorships, please email now at thenewchannel.com or send us a DM. Enjoy these life-changing shows because we made them just for you. And thank you. Um, I would like to take this moment to thank all our supporters. Thank you, Jan Polintan. Also, Eliezer Auriada Ramirez Jr., uh, supporting us from Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Also, Dr. Alexi Reyes from CDO, Coach Al Perez. And also, not to be forgotten, our creatives and our production team. Thank you, Direct Monica, uh, for always uh, being with us at the back end, making sure that um, logistics are working well. And also, thank you uh, to... Uh, Rizel Rocha, Direct Jan also, and also Richard Amlano for the, the graphics that we send out, the promo posters every week. Also, thank you to Carmi Pascual de Leon, uh, Nice, Alvir, and of course, the uh, president of the new channel, Apple, Manis uh, Apple Spando Manasala. Also to... Brian Nuya from Scotland, my heartfelt thanks for um, always supporting us. And also Rowana Roberto from Paranaque and Beach Map. Thank you so much for always supporting stories from the fringe. And we hope that you can that you will continue supporting us as we end this year and we start with a new year next week. Right. So that's something that uh, you need to watch out for. All right, so before we went on a short break, we were just chatting with uh, Sean, it's Ben's daughter from Australia, and he has mentioned about mapping our decade that if we want to have better, consistent results long term, let's not think of the next week or the next year, but rather think of our decade, not only growing our, our wealth, but also our health and relationships. All right, so uh, let's welcome once again to the show, Sean. Thank you. I love, I love, love the way, I love the warm welcome, thank you. 
<laughs> so Sean, uh, so you 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 mentioned all right before we went on the break, mapping our decade on different areas, right? Because it doesn't um, make sense if you are only about growing your wealth. You need to have other pillars of your life, like relationships and also health, which is which are really important. All right, so that they these pillars support right each other, mm-hmm. making sure that you uh, have consistent, better results long term. And you mentioned also that there are some coaching programs, like, shall I say, they use this catchphrase, change your life for the better in 28 days. Or uh, my friend and I, um, Alan Stevens, we were just chatting yesterday, like um, someone reached out to him. This, mind you, Alan Stevens has been also in the industry but not in a different industry and um he's been in that industry for a couple of years already and someone reached out to him and said okay um i'm teaching people how to create seven or six or seven figure incomes every month and like and to his mind okay so if you are going to show uh to show me how to do it can you show me your bank account Mm. (laughs) so um what can we say about those people okay how can we help people who are um being clickbaited by these coaches into taking their coaching programs well you have to kind of it 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 goes back to what i was saying before about eating healthy right Mm -hmm. if you're not eating healthy you can't really trust your gut you know, um, you you need the uh, you need you need the ability to trust the data as well as your gut side by side. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can't trust either of those, then I'd say wait. You know, to see like you know just to see how they pan out because. Uh, this day and age, you can buy testimonials, which is why I don't usually I don't usually ask for testimonials because too many people buy them, and I really just don't like the idea. Um, mm-hmm. And you can there's just so many different ways to like manipulate different things, you know. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not going to be going away anytime soon. There are quite a fair few coaching programs that I can see out there that uh, like, like the one you mentioned and stuff where they have no idea um, what they're doing and mm. they're basically setting people up to fa- oh, there's there's a relationship coach out there that I've seen Kelly and I've seen and we watched a little bit of his stuff and then we realized hold on he's coaching people into like getting into a relationship he calls it a 10 out of 10, 10, out of 10 relationship but then we found out he's only been married three months mm. and he only met this girl a year ago. Mm-hmm. So how is he a relationship coach? You know, mm-hmm. myself and my wife, we've been, this is our 20th year together. Only 2% of the global population get to maintain a relationship through the 20 year mark and beyond. Mm-hmm. Only 2%, right? Yeah, I can statistic, my goodness. Yeah. Um, like the average relationship span is two years, nine months, like globally. 
Mm. Right. And the reason for that is our hormone levels. Usually when a new relationship starts, our hormone levels peak for about two and a half years and then they start to trail off. Mm -hmm. And this is where most people are getting married. They're concentrating on the wedding, but they Mm -hmm. haven't planned for anything after the wedding. And this is what I'm Mm -hmm. seeing with the problem with uh, wealth uh, coaches and I'm seeing with health coaches as well. They may get people to a particular point of fitness they may get them to a particular point of wealth, but if they mm. don't know what to do with it after that point and they haven't taught them how to build their social network and their relationships to sustain that, then mm. usually what will happen is either the relationship will fall apart or their health will deteriorate because they didn't plan for after it, which is why, again, I concentrate on the decade at the time. Because Kelly and I, we had our ups and downs. We had so many things go wrong in those early years, but we still didn't have the arguments because we were always choosing to build something greater than ourselves together, you know? Um, And you need that whether you're by yourself or with a partner, you need to be able to plan to get, I would like to get to this particular position of health and wealth, Mm -hmm. right? And I need to build, if I want to get to get to that position, I need to build my relationship skills so mm. that I can, I can choose someone to associate with that's not just going to divorce me and take half my shit or more. <laughs> you know, sorry for the language. Uh, but, um, but like it's, it's the nature of the game these days is that mm. divorce is so easy to do. Yeah. Right? And our lifespans have increased. Mm-hmm. Right? So like even... Like Kelly and I have the joke of um, of uh, marriage, finding that one special person to annoy for the rest of our lives, uh, just to, <laughs> just to cheer each other up when we are annoying each other, you know, and uh, and, and that just keeps the fun alive. It means you, you take the seriousness away and you make it a little bit more fun, and uh-huh. you know. Um, but on top of that, we've also made sure that our sex life is really great as well. So if it goes below five hours a week, then we know we need to address that too, you mm-hmm. know, um, and that's just our levels. Mm-hmm. But these are measuring things and stuff to look, to work out where, where our drop points are so that we know where we're at to repair. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're, if we're going to aim for particular types of health, wealth and relationships, we need to know what things we're planning after we get to those points. Mm-hmm. So in mapping our decade, I would like to aim for 3,000 people to get to the $3 million type house and the $10 million like liquid cash type lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So much so that they have then have it like, I would like most of them to get to that point in about three years, then have about two years to get bored of that point because I, I know that even though I tell people to plan for after that, I, I still believe a fair few of them won't really know what to do after that. And they'll go, Sean, what can I help you and your programs for? And then I'll be like cultivating CEOs that are choosing to work with me, not needing to. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm looking at that long-term approach because of the businesses that I'm creating between now and then and between now and 2033 in particular, I'm, I'm going to need top quality people that are, truly like they truly believe in growing themselves and attracting like-minded persons around them because if mm-hmm. i know that they're 
truly committed to growing themselves and attracting like-minded persons around them and they've followed my instructions to get to that level and they've got their social circle to sustain it, then that's going to be a top quality CEO for me to incorporate into my larger programs later on. So yeah, and especially now that I'm actually going to start uh, creating extra free time for myself so I can start building prototype designs uh, and robotics and things in, the, in, uh, in my free time to create new businesses again. So all these things all come together. And I'm afraid I've just rambled a little bit and forgotten what the actual question was. <laughs> okay. Now, well, um, it's good, right, that we highlight the need to plan for long term. However, we know that life throws curveballs to us. How uh -huh. can we make space for volatility, uncertainty, ambiguity as we try to build that vision for ourselves and for our families? Well, that's the funny thing about the nature of like the the, the 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 this universe has a very funny sense of humor. Okay, yes, it really it, it really does. Okay, and once you understand that the universe's sense of humor is when you go to put on your jumper in the morning and you're like about to put your arm through the, the your arm through the armhole of the jumper, but you accidentally punch yourself in the nose instead. That's the universe's sense of humor. When you understand that, it's a lot easier to work out where the curveballs are going to come from because mm. once you understand that approach, that, that sense of humor, you'll realize mm. that the universe did actually tap us on the shoulder a few times first, mm. right, to let us know that if you don't change this particular thing, you're going to have a curveball coming up. Mm -hmm. Okay? So like uh, with a $250 million property deal 13, 14 years ago, if I didn't because I didn't not recognize the fact that the universe was tapping me on the shoulder, tapping me on the shoulder to let me myself know that my wife was uh, having a health issue coming along, if I'd recognized that earlier, then I could have saved uh, myself, my wife, and our family going through what we did, and I could have saved the property deal as well. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. lost the whole lot and almost lost my wife um, mm -hmm. because I I didn't recognize the tap on the shoulder first. Mm -hmm. so the idea is once you understand that that's the universal sense of humor then the rest of our uh, life experience is supposed to be a growth centric experience it's not supposed to be a happiness experience happiness is supposed to be a side effect of the growth we achieve right? i love that can you tr can you please repeat that yeah um so our life experience when we get to particular levels of growth, we, mm -hmm. we, we get this all-encompassing feeling all the way through of us are realizing mm -hmm. that our life experience is not supposed to be a happiness-based experience. Mm -hmm. We're not even supposed to aim for happiness. We need to understand that our life experience is a growth-centric experience and that mm -hmm. happiness is a side effect. Okay, right? so this is the first time I'm hearing this. So interesting. Yeah, well, it's like uh, the the benefits of a successful growing business is mm -hmm. money is a side effect. Profits mm -hmm. are a side effect of a healthy mm -hmm. growing business. Sometimes it takes a short time to do. Sometimes it takes a long time to do. But with a successful business, money is a side effect. It's not the goal. Mm -hmm. 
the goal is to grow the business and learn, grow the business and learn. Same with the relationship, right? Our relationship uh, is not supposed to be aimed for sex. Sex is supposed to be a side effect of a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So over the 20 years, uh, Kelly and I's relationship, like sex, would average between five and 15 hours a week. Right, but that's mm-hmm. our relationship. But we know what the what what creates that as a side effect of a growing relationship. Mm-hmm. Some years it's less, some years it's more. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but it's understanding that we're not aiming for that. It's a it's a natural side effect of a healthy, growing relationship. Mm-hmm. Right, that that interaction takes place. Just like the rest of our life experience, we don't aim. Uh, for uh, like like when you're dancing right Mm. great example the purpose of the dance is to dance right it the the purpose of the dance is not to arrive on a particular spot on the floor okay so that's like you're you're growing and you're feeling your partner that you're dancing with that's Mm. that's another aspect of the relationship right because you're you're experiencing that time, that energy with your partner and growing from that to enjoy the dance. Happiness is a side effect of that interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with our other life experiences, uh, with our life experiences in every other shape and form, we grow a bit and we enjoy the fruits of that growth. Mm-hmm. Right? And usually our biggest pieces of growth happen when we just uh, are struck with tragedy. We're not supposed Mm -hmm. to have as many tragedies as we do, Mm -hmm. but uh, our human species really hasn't quite got the gist of uh, why we're here. Um, (laughs) Our species is very childlike. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, um, Where uh, one of our mutual mentors uh, says it in a really great way, where uh, the universe will not give a five-year-old a Lamborghini, Mm -hmm. right? We, as parents, would not give our children a Lamborghini either, you know? And even when we get through our 30s and 40s and we've grown a really great relationship and wealth and everything, and we think we've taught our 20-year-old how to respond and be responsible for everything, we still would not give the keys to that Lamborghini. No. Right? At the age of 20. Because they haven't grown enough. No. Mm -hmm. Right? And at that particular point, what we're looking for to indicate that they've grown enough right, that they've done enough growth experience to enjoy the reward of the Lamborghini Mm -hmm. is the fact that they're respecting themselves. Yeah. Because if they're respecting themselves, they're usually respecting everyone around them as well Mm -hmm. and not in an unhealthy way. Like, so, like, it's a mutual thing where they can respect themselves and still respect others around them, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas uh, the unhealthy side is it's not really respect. It looks like in some ways where they're buying something for themselves or whatever uh, at the other end, but, like, they don't usually do anything for others. Whereas the more you grow wealth and the more you grow really good, strong relationships, social structures and everything else, is that you give as much as you receive. Mm -hmm. And it's 
the way you give is the way you receive. So if we can see that our, say, 25, 30-year-old child uh, mm -hmm. has, has grown and learned how to respect themselves and those around them, we may say, you know what, you've done really well. I'd like you to try out this really cool toy. Mm -hmm. right? Because I believe you'll not only enjoy it, but you'll come out of that experience understanding and feeling that reward rather mm -hmm. than giving it to a 20 year old that doesn't have that sense of self-respect, doesn't have that self, uh, the, the sense of respecting those around them and hasn't done the internal growth work. And it's just going to mm -hmm. like, Oh, I want the car. I'm going to drive the car as fast as I can with no respect for the idea that if they hurt themselves, they're going to hurt mm -hmm. us as well just by seeing it. They don't, they mm -hmm. don't get that at that mm -hmm. age kind of thing yeah. so and that's why i say yeah it, it's the growth experience that mm -hmm. that helps us appreciate true happiness like mm -hmm. um in the early years of a relationship <laughs> um my, my my wife's snoring used to like drive me nuts right but in the last 12 years or so and stuff is like it's just beautiful it's like oh you know i've got appreciation the fact that she's there you know mm -hmm. and i'm so lucky and mm -hmm. uh you know I, I can take that moment to really enjoy that moment because we've grown so much together mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. whereas when we'd only been together a year it was like, oh, why are you snoring so loud? Um, <laughs> kind of thing. It's a very different contrast, you know, because I hadn't done the growth work myself, you know, and, and nor did she at that time, you know. But uh, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Sean. So one thing that I get from from your sharing is number one, it reminds me of what Alan Watts said. Mm -hmm. uh, Alan Watts said that wanting a positive experience is actually a negative one. Because by wanting, let's say, happiness, you are consciously or unconsciously admitting to yourself that you lack happiness. Yes. And the more you chase happiness, happiness is like a butterfly. Okay, So someone else said that. Happiness is like a butterfly. The more you chase it, the more it flies away. But if you are still, you know, and just preparing to receive, then that's when the butterfly alights on you. So that's how also, as you've mentioned, if you're not actively seeking happiness for happiness sake, but rather just trying to grow, evolve as a person, then happiness will come to you as, an, as a side effect, right? Yes, and exactly. Also, yes, I would agree with you. Um, even if we had the means to to give whatever um, whatever our children or our loved ones want or desire, but if they are not prepared, it might do more harm than good. Yeah. So that's also there are times when um, I pray for something, I desire something, and I get impatient, <laughs> disappointed, like God, why is it taking so long? But then I realize, coming from another perspective, perhaps I'm still not yet ready, right? So that that period of waiting that God is asking me, right, use this period of waiting, prepare for it, so that when it comes, you will not squander it. You will yes. not destroy it, right? Yes. yes, exactly. And it's the same at the other end of the scale as well with forgiveness. 
So some people have been so hurt. Like my own parents uh, were narcissistic abusers. They broke cricket bats across me back. They hired someone to kill me at one point and, and all sorts of things, right? But I want to, at one stage I wanted forgiveness for those things. Mm-hmm. But when I realised there was a way to work out how to forgive myself, then I actually began to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the same with the wants and the, you know, I would love to have this and stuff. Well, to want that is, to, as you said, like telling the universe you don't have it. Uh, however, if you go out to say, I would like, I, I, I'm going to do my growth work so that I can serve better. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to serve better from my growth work so that I can give, I can provide value. In many ways, I can provide value as a, as a business or as a service, right? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm willing to receive the gifts of that service, mm-hmm. okay? And in this particular context, it could be that I'm going to provide value in the form of coaching and the gifts of that service is that I get a client who pays on time, et cetera, et cetera. Or mm-hmm. it could be that the gifts of that service is that they refer me three other people that do. Mm-hmm. You know? Or they might put me in touch with someone who's able to build uh, another part of my engineering side of things. Or they might be able mm-hmm. to put me in touch with someone who's able to finance my property developments or things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is to serve knowing exactly what your vision is what you're aiming for, what you're trying to build that you'd be happy with for the long term so you're minimizing the regrets you have at the end and just giving in that type of service and, like, just balancing it all out. You're, mm-hmm. you're allowing the flow of give and receive through, through serving as many as you possibly can. And so my plans, even though I'm teaching people how to plan for the decade, I have about 70 years worth of plans. So, you know, either way, I have to live to about 110 just to get shit done. Um, so, <laughs> um, but like, I'm going to be serving a lot of people in that time. You know, it's not always going to be coaching. Coaching should be only about the next five, six years and stuff before I'm able to train a few others to do a lot of it for me. No worries. But that's part of growing a business. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to be providing service through that and I'm going to be providing value and I'll be receiving mm-hmm. the gifts of that service as a result, as a side effect. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas if I went out and just said, I want $10 million now, mm-hmm. then there's two options. Either I will win it in the form of lottery and then lose it straight away or I'll prevent myself from getting it from telling the universe I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so my grandparents actually, they, they did win lottery when uh, in 2000 or 2001, they won $900,000. And the very first really? thought, I, yeah, they, they, the, the very first thought I had when they won that is like so happy for them because they tried so hard to get where they got and everything else. And the very first thought I had after that was if they can win it, then I can make it. Mm-hmm. And so I started concentrating my efforts on learning all the things I need to do about finance, business. I've had to learn about international patent law, how to do IPOs. I've had to learn different strategies of property development across over 100 countries. I've learned so many different things so that as I grow, because I have a particular strategy in mind, 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I, the only way I can fill the knowledge gaps in those arenas is to actually do, right? And, and so what's coming in the next few years are really cool stuff. Um, but the, the sad thing is about my grandparents winning it is because learning all these extra things about spirituality and self-growth and the growth experience uh, is to, to give these extra benefits I also meant it also meant that my grandparents were old enough to be set in their ways that mm. I, I could not help or save them from my parents stealing all their finances and that sort of stuff before they passed away. So I had to watch that from a distance because I was kind of outcast from the family a bit. And so that was quite sad, but sad. Know, yeah. But again, they didn't learn the social skills and the relationship skills that they needed to keep it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, their relationship was attachment-based. Their relationship was, it may have started off as well, more attachment-based and then grown into love over time, but it was very attachment-based because of the way the traditions were back in those times. And they're very set in their ways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, the the life experience is supposed to be a growth centric experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, um, Sean. I'm really sad to learn that that happened to you, to right. your grandparents. Thank you, but it's yeah. part of the life experience as well to actually go through, and our life experience is to feel as well. You know. Every feeling that we feel is there for a reason. You know, uh, we're meant to feel sad so Mm -hmm. that we grow things so that we don't have to feel sad as often. We're meant to feel anger to push us into action to do the things we wouldn't usually do, right? Because when we get past the age of 18, what no one tells us, no one across the world tells us, once we get past the 18, age of 18, we have to parent ourselves. <laughs> you know, it's up to ourselves once we leave the nest, once we leave our parents and stuff, we have to tell ourselves to clean up our own stuff, that we have to go out and get the food. We have to go out and pay the bills. We have to go, we have to do the things that we're usually told what to do before that point, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. And no one seems to tell us anything it's because they didn't know to give that instruction. Mm-hmm. So we had to forgive them for that as well because they were trying. Our, our parents and our grandparents, right, and all the generations that came before, if we understand that they're all doing the absolute best that they could, but mm-hmm. sometimes their best sucked, then we just have to accept that as is and work on ourselves and hopefully build a better world for our kids. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful perspective. When you you tell that to yourself, you know, you cannot be angry at your parent if they uh, did a bad job of raising you because, again, they just did the best that they could uh, using the information that was available yeah. to them, right? Yeah, I mean, and one of the experiences I unfortunately had to go through Right, was like so. My dad built so my dad broke three cricket bats across my back, okay, Mm -hmm. as I was growing up. Right, the first two were store bought, right, the third one he made, 
right? That's a lot of anger that my dad was carrying within himself, mm -hmm. right? It's a lot of a lot of toxic energy he must have been carrying, okay, to actually go and spend the week making this cricket bat just to break it across my back, right? And I had to forgive him for that. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't do it while he was alive. He killed himself about 11 years ago. But that mm -hmm. just shows, again, how much toxic stuff was in there. And I had to forgive him for that because that was the best he could do. Mm -hmm. You know? I, I, I can't pretend to understand all the different ways and stuff. Mm -hmm. All I have mm -hmm. to do is have faith in the idea that that was his best he could do. Or who knows? He could have he, he could have just been... He, he could have been a natural-born asshole. I have no idea, <laughs> you know. Um, mm. But if I just believe that that was the best he could do, then I can forgive him for doing a shitty mm. job at his best, <laughs> you mm. know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's a lot easier to, to forgive in mm. knowing that. Mm -hmm. So. Mm. Right. What a shame. Um, what a shame, Sean, because I really love this discussion. However, we're um, at the bottom of the hour. But before we say goodbye to our viewers, um, is there anything that um, you would like to promote? How can our viewers uh, follow you and get to know more about your work? Well, I believe uh, Monica's put the links there. Um, I've created uh, three self-guided programs to help people um, get anxiety and those types of things out of um, out of the way from being a substantial block and actually mm -hmm. help them process things and actually um, so one of the courses is called uh, No More Anxiousness. It's basically a course on how to master your anxiety, not how to get rid of it because you can't. Anxiety is part of our life experience, but mm -hmm. how to master it so that it's not mastering you, right? Mm -hmm. And the next program I have is called No More Toxic Relationships, and it's to help guide you in creating the skills that you need specifically so that... You can do the self-work, you can do the forgiveness uh, methods that I've learned and let go of past traumas so that you're no mm -hmm. longer attracting people that are uh, trauma, like uh, they have a tendency to trauma bond mm -hmm. uh, and actually helps you energetically repel like narcissists and negative type personalities like that. And the mm -hmm. third program is a much more substantial program where it helps. So if you've got a business that's been growing and it feels like a very toxic business to go to mm -hmm. or you're just not feeling very healthy or it's too many dramas, then this particular program is designed to take the drama out of the business okay. and be toxic. And that's why I've called it No More Toxic Business because mm -hmm. it is to do is to break the business up into smaller groups. So you could use that particular platform for 300 employees. You could use it for 20. And um, there's self-guided ways of doing that that I've incorporated into that program mm -hmm. so that you can detox your business within 90 days to about a year and a half, depending on the mm -hmm. size of your business and depending on how much time you're willing to commit to the process. And mm -hmm. in those, there's also a bonus one-on-one -on -one session with me, two for the business one, so that if anyone gets stuck trying to incorporate these things, that I can help them directly, mm -hmm. right? 
and they don't have to do my month after month program if they don't want to, if they just want those couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, so there's no more toxic business, no more toxic relationships and no more anxiousness to like try and get a better self-guided way of a handle of our lives. And if the more one-on-one approach uh, is preferred, then I also have three levels of coaching. One is available at the moment. Uh, the first level is freedom level coaching. It's one-on-level, uh, one-on-one coaching uh, several times a month where we get together and we do a deep dive as to where you actually are across mm-hmm. health, wealth, and relationships, and we get you to the point that you're safely able to like, take it from there. And I don't lock people into 12-month programs. I will lock a three-month program just to make sure you get started, to make sure you really want to commit to your growth because some people really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just helps get that gear running. But after the three months, it's a choice of a month by month by month. So that if you're feeling, say so, so you get all the content you'd like to kind of go off on your own and, and and like do it your way after like six months, completely free to do that or after three months or, you know, but like that first three months is really the crucial part and the no more anxiousness and the no more toxic relationships and the no more toxic business uh, are spread out over three months to get people to engage for at least three months, even on the self-guided way in the same type of manner. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. So that's, I believe, a no obligation uh, consultation, right, that you provide. Yeah. So with it. Yeah. Um, and, oh, it, sorry. And also, if you can't, if you're not in a position to afford that type of level of coaching just yet, that's why I've got the mapping our decade group as well mm-hmm. to kind of help grow people in that direction. I've already done a couple of live videos in there on nine different strategies that you can mm-hmm. use to build wealth over years and over like over the course of this year. I've employed about five of those strategies to build up back to where we would like to be, and you know we're making really good strides in that. So I've created that group to help people grow in that direction until they're ready for the one-on-one coaching and we can do deep dive later. And again, like you said, no obligation, Uh, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Sean. It's, it has been a lovely, lovely morning uh, discussing all these things with you. So uh, more power to you and NFN coaching. Thank you very much, Jennifer. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, As always, uh, I always love catching up with you. And I'm still going to keep looking for that boyfriend for you. And if I find him, I'll wrap him up and send him to your Christmas tree in the mail. Um, (laughs) I'll probably put some snacks in the mail so, like, he's really well fed by the time he gets there. But, yeah. Yeah, that's important. (laughs) Because a hungry man is. Yeah. He he might be covered by stamps, but, you know. (laughs) All right. Hi there. <laughs> so cute. What's your name? He's waving at the back. Oh, that's Kayla. Kayla, you might as well say hello. <laughs> You're so shy. Can I see you? Wonderful. Okay. So, dear viewers, thank you so much once again for spending your Thursday morning with us. And I'll see you next Thursday. So, this is our last episode for the year. See you for our first episode for 2023. 
So this is something that you should watch out for. Um, I'll be chatting with my good friend, Anthony Philip Robles. Thank you all so much for being here and enjoy the rest of your day or evening, depending where you are in the world. God bless everyone.